and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and I'm joined as always by Chaff. Chaff, how are you doing, mate? I've no idea anymore. <laughs> um, I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, uh, confused, I think would be the word to describe how I feel at the minute. Um, we've also got Luke with us. Luke, how are you feeling, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Just good, yeah. Just good. Just, Just good. Been a bit of a busy day in work, you know, not had much time to think about uh, last night and what have you, but, um, but yeah, in, in myself, Dean, I'm, I'm very good, thanks. That's good to know. That's good to know. Um, we're relying on you for the, for the positivity because we've got no rhyme with us tonight, so it's good to know that you're in good spirits. Um, we'll kick off with, with, with a bit of a chat of the, over the last two games. Um, it feels like a lifetime ago now, but obviously we've played two more games since the last time we spoke. Another two uh, two nil defeats away at Sunderland and at home to Shrewsbury, uh, Shrewsbury, however you want to say it. So, the, Chaff, we'll start with that game up at the Stadium of Light. Um, it wasn't a terrible performance overall. We created more chances than we have been doing in previous games. Yet the game was beyond us, wasn't it? Within half an hour after two two easy to avoid goals being conceded. Well, given our recent scoring record or lack thereof, it was effectively over after seven minutes, weren't it? To be fair, um, yeah, it was. Um, it was a, a, a better performance. I think we created a few more chances than we have done in recent weeks, um, and yeah, we, we we did look better. But again, we've did some really soft goals as well. We've left uh, Sanderson unmarked at the back post um, and yeah same mistakes same lack of hope after conceding early and much of the same unfortunately Luke what do you think the difference was between that performance against Sunderland where we did compete and create chances but we were unable to take anything from the game and the one at home when we were able to, to really compete with them and be arguably the better side in the home game and pick up a point. What do you think the difference between those two games was? Um, I, we were on the front foot uh, in, in, in the home game. We, we very much, we were their aggressors and we, and we took the game to them. Um, and to be fair, you probably, are, you probably do expect a little bit of a different kind of ethos when seeing as we're playing away from home. Um, I think like Chaff said, you know, there was, if I was to compare it to the whole game, for example, um, we actually caused them problems. Um, it's just probably you know our uh, our weaknesses at the minute, um, defending balls into the box being one of them, and uh, not putting the ball in the back of the net being another. Uh, the timings of, of balls being on display um, the, the, throughout the game didn't help us. You know we missed chances at key times, and um, you know we conceded two goals at, at quite important times in the game. I thought. Um, but you know, yeah, you know, I was mega impressed with that home game. Uh, mega impressed with the performance of that, and you know, I remember saying that you know, I left my kebab unfinished. That's how good that first half was against England at home. Uh, and I go back to that because I do slightly regret having that cold kebab. But um, <laughs> at the same time, um, you know, I, I thought we we at least asked questions of Sunderland. Uh, which was an improvement on the whole game, um, but uh, completely kind of different to the to the home game, for example. Yeah, Chaff, we touch on the fact that we've made a few better chances. 
the game could have been very different, couldn't it? I mean, KOA missed the sit. I think it was just before Sunderland's second. Though it might have been just after. Shaughnessy had a chance to play through Quadro Bar and, and Humphreys missed a, a, a one-on-one chance in the second half. If we score those goals, that could be a, a turning point in the season, couldn't it, really? Yeah, it could. Um, they're the sorts of chances that go that, that you don't take when you're in our position at the bottom of the table and every other team that you play against gets those chances and scores them. Um, the Kiwi and ones are it's an horrible miss, isn't it, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, he's just he's got a score and you'd have backed him to score given how sort of well he's done in front of goal this season um, from a defensive sort of position. Um, the, the the ball from Shaughnessy to Bar Bar is he's wide open, running through. If he gets it, you've you've got to back him to score. But the ball to him was absolutely atrocious. And I think we've I think we've struggled a little bit with the final ball as well, which is which is sort of has hampered us from creating better chances than what we've got. Um, the Humphreys one, yeah, if he's if he's a bit sharper and he's in a bit better form, I think that goes in. And I think the the, the chances that go against you out there, those um, when when you when you're struggling like we are at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the opposition, Luke, obviously Charlie White scored again against Dale. He scored a few goals against Dale now. Um, can we do better against defending against sort of target men strikers? Because I was on a, a Sunderland podcast before and I said it, it was an absolute inevitability that Charlie White would score, not only for his own record, but just target men in general always seem to get the better of our defence. Is that something we really need to really need to improve on? Yeah, it is. I mean, I hate to say it, but I actually put a couple of quid on him getting the next goal because of how vulnerable we were, we were kind of looking at that moment in time. And... Um, yeah, generally speaking, we do struggle against the physical target men. Um, I think, you know, what, what we do have to remember as well is there's two ends to it. It was a great ball in. It was a really good ball in. Um, and White, you know, he, there's a reason why he scored as many goals as what he has done this season, what he has done for the last five, six seasons. And it's because um, he's good in the air and he gets himself into those positions. Um, if you're scrutinising what we could have done better, we should have closed down the cross better. Aramoli should have got tighter, or I should, have, I believe. Um, and White has got in between McShane and Osho. So, you know, if you're scrutinising it, um, Osho or McShane um, should be accountable for, for getting goal side of White and, and, and making that hard. But, um, you know, like I said, the other end to it is the lad that put the ball in is on loan from Rangers, has got a good reputation. Um, I can't remember his name now, to be honest with you. Um, but And then you've got White as well. So we were up against quality players there as well. Another sort of slight positive from the from the game, I, I suppose it's not really a, um, an accurate reflection of the game given that we've already had a few positives, but it was definitely an improved performance from Owen O'Connell in midfield as well, wasn't it? Um, obviously, it's not somewhere we've seen him before the whole game, but he, he does add a little bit more bite in midfield, which is definitely something we've all been asking for pretty much all season. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think he's, uh, I think he's done well since he's, since he's moved into midfield. Well, just in front of the back four, um, it makes a big difference. We've seen all season teams overrun us in midfield, and Marley's been left as the furthest man back, and he's just not got the defensive attributes, so to speak, to be able to break up play. Whereas 
Owen O'Connell's first instinct is to defend because he's a centre-back. He's a very good one as well. Um, and it makes a difference having somebody there who can get in there first and, and, and break up play. And, and also, he, he, he's quite capable with the ball at his feet um, when it comes to passing. So, I think he's I think he's done well since he's moved there. I think it also frees up Marley to, to go and do his role a bit further forward. Um, even though he still does seem to be dropping very deep, but I just think that's how natural sort of it, it comes naturally to him now. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been quietly impressed with O'Connell um, in that sort of number four role, and I wouldn't be changing that at the minute. I don't think. Uh, Luke. Moving on to the the Shrewsbury game for now, and we'll we'll have a few questions sort of based on on both the games as a whole. But it was a change in formation for the Shrewsbury game: uh, five at the back, three at the back, whichever way you want to say it. Uh, it. It led to a better first half performance, didn't it? Should we have perhaps moved to that at some point earlier in the season? Because it's something again that we've been speaking about on this podcast for for months. It seems. Yeah, I believe so. I think probably. You know, um, with McShane out for the majority of the season, maybe that's part of the reason why we haven't. But when everyone's fit from a defensive perspective, we've definitely got the players to operate that formation. Um, and in taking the result out of the equation just for the time being and focusing, OK, maybe I'm just the first half, I thought we, we were really good. Um, ignoring where we're at in the minute and the bad run of form and, and the overall result, um, I thought there was a balance to our play. I thought it suited the likes of Osho um, and Roberts, who were able to kind of drive forward, a bit like kind of Sheffield United were, were known for, uh, with the overlapping centre-halves. It was a little bit of that at times. Um, and just, you know, a general kind of balance. We got bodies forward, we played on the front foot. Um, and, you know, I did... I think the formation did play a part in that. And um, I would... I would like to see us continue uh, with it, regardless of the result on Tuesday. Um, I thought we looked better for it. Um, we created chances. We should have scored them. Um, the game might have been different, but it's all if what what's and maybe's, uh, you know. But um, I would like to see us continue it because I liked it. Yeah, I agree. I thought the shape looked better. I think this there's an issue with mentality at the moment, and that's as much of a reason why we're losing games as the shape or formation. Um, but I, I agree that it was definitely an improvement and we did create chances, but um, Chaff, we, we weren't able to take them, were we? I think the one that stands out was when Matt Dolan rounded the keeper and found uh, Humphreys, but Humphreys couldn't convert. But there were another couple of chances as well and it's similar, isn't it? Similar story to the Sunderland game. If we take those chances, then perhaps this is a, a more upbeat podcast than the, the, um, the picture at the bottom of League One looks slightly better, but once again, we were unable to, to do so. Yeah, it's, it's like I said before, those chances, they go against you when, you, when you're struggling, don't they? Um, I actually thought, I think it was O'Connell with the ball forward, and I think Dawn times his run brilliantly. And I actually think he does really well, Matt Dawn, because I think he'd have absolutely balls that up if he'd have tried it first time. So I think doing what he did was probably the right thing to do, and he's put a good ball across. And Humphreys just has to connect on it properly. Um, and it's a goal. And he doesn't. Um, he had another chance in the second half um, where he hit the crossbar. And he's got to be better. Owen O'Connell had a chance um, with a free header that goes over the bar harmlessly. 
and it's just sharpness in it. It's just a lack of sharpness. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating because now we're actually creating a few more chances and we're, we're having, especially Tuesday, um, Tuesday we had a really good opportunity to win that game. I agree with Luke in that the, 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 when the change of formation helped um, and the first half was as good as anything I've seen this calendar year, easily. Um, I thought Roberts coming back into the side was um, was a was a positive. I thought he had a I thought he had a decent game. I've missed his uh, his runs from central defence. I thought I think we look we look like we want to get forward a little bit more when he's in the side. Um, and yeah, it was it was a much improved first half. We just couldn't take those chances, and and, and they countered whenever we sort of lost the ball in the final third and. They managed to, to make us pay for those missed chances, didn't they? Yeah, Luke, we've been susceptible, haven't we, on the counter-attack all season, but Shrewsbury can't have prepared for that formation since we haven't played it all season. Do you think, as the game went on, Aaron Wilbraham in the opposite bench kind of figured out what was going on and maybe got the better of, of BBM? As the game went on, Shrewsbury didn't look great at first, but definitely grew into it. And obviously, once they got the goals, they were in control, weren't they? Possibly. Um, I mean, they, they definitely defended better in that second half. Um, they didn't kind of invite the pressure like it felt like they were doing to a certain extent in the first half. Um, but yeah, like you said, they, they wouldn't have been preparing us uh, for us to go that way with the formation. So that probably snooped them a little bit. Um, I do think more so than that, though, I think probably just to where we're at, there's probably that just that belief um, probably just got knocked out of the players somewhat. Um, you know, confidence will be low at the moment when you consider the goals that we're conceding and you know the, the lack of goals uh, from a, from a scoring perspective. And I think they just knocked it out of us. Um, you know, and, and I think that was more a bigger factor than uh, Shrewsbury kind of cutting on to where we were doing. Um, that game could have gone either way. You know, we were the, we were the better team, and I know it doesn't matter. It's all about the result, but. That game could have gone either way, I think, quite easily. Um, it was just a shame. I think the first goal was, a, obviously, everybody says it, you know, how important the first goal is, but uh, even more so when we're at home and we're on the back of form that we have been on, I think that first goal was absolutely vital. Um, and, you know, they got it, not the stuffing out of us somewhat. And, um, you know, they capitalised and then they, they were solid at the back as well. Um, so they did a bit of a job on us, but again, Speaking about the game and the performance in isolation, there's progress that's been made if you was to compare it to the five games prior. Um, and that is me trying to look at the, at the positives. And, you know, I do appreciate that we're at a point in the season where performances aren't quite good enough. It's all, it is more about the results. But um, at the same time, I think it's relevant. You know, the, the, there is progression within the performances if you was to look at the last two games. I think that performance on Tuesday, regardless of the result, if that's if that performance is is in December and not March, I think we all go into the the, the coming weeks with a lot more positivity. Um, but it's not, so it's disappointing that yeah we we, we put in a performance or at least a first half performance. Guys, I thought we were. We had this, like you said, we had the stuffing knocked out of the second half, and we were we, we didn't look at it. It looked like the game had gone. That yeah. first half, um, 
yeah, it was, there was a, there was a lot to build on there. And I think I said if if you'd have had that in December, maybe, um, we'd we'd all be looking at this a lot differently to what we are. I think from my point of view, though, I just want to I just want to maybe say that. I think a little bit we're we're over egging how good the performance was based on the fact that there've been so many bad ones in the last few months. I think if that's it, if that performance is in December and it comes after some good performances, I think everyone's saying what an awful display. We've only created three or four chances. We haven't taken any of them. We've given two two goals away. So I think the context of of the last few games changes our perception a little bit of of how good those performances were. Because on Tuesday, although it was better. Let's face it, it, it's, it would have been hard not to have been better than the few games before it because it's been awful up until... I mean, the Sunderland and Hull games were better, but before that, for, for weeks, it's been awful. So it's hard not to improve from there. It's hard to disagree with you, mate. And uh, we kind of touched upon it last week around that bias side of things because of that affiliation that we have as, as, as fans. Um, but... Second half was itty bitty. Like second half, there was nothing really kind of to get too excited about from a performance perspective, apart from a couple of chances that were created. Nothing special. But actually, I did actually think we played really well in that first half. Personally, I was I was I was actually you know quite pleased. Uh, Luke, Luke touched on the first goal there, Chaff, and how important it was, and it, it was again easily avoidable, wasn't it? Gavin Bazuma should have done better. Simple as that. Um, we touch on the fans form in a bit, but one one thing that I noticed was one of the reasons why BBM was praised by the board was for being able to bring loan players to the club um, from Premier League sides. I, I must admit, I, listening to that, I was a, I was gobsmacked, if I'm honest, because I feel like the Premier League players we've had on loan haven't really improved us that much this season. Okay, last year, I think Norrington Davies and Sanchez were among our best performers, but this year, uh, Talaji Bowler was not up to League One standard, ended up going back. Hayden Roberts started the season well, but has been pretty poor for a while. Can't even get in the team until Tuesday for a matter of, of weeks and months. Um, Amankwa, we, we can't really comment on and veil because they've come and, and been injured. But Bazunu's been the one player who, who's kind of kept his place no matter what. But is he actually good enough at League One level? How many goals have we conceded through him at this point? And I know that he's under a lot of pressure because our defence is quite weak, but I'm not sure that he's the best that we can do for even for our, our, our low budget for this level, if I'm honest with you. And it was another mistake from him, wasn't it, on Tuesday night? Yeah, I agree with basically everything you've just said there. Um, I think we got incredibly lucky last year with um, Sanchez and Norrington Davis. They're evidently quite a level above us. Sanchez, obviously, starting for Brighton in the Premier League. Norrington Davis is a, a very good championship player, he's now an international player. Bazunu, as highly rated as he is and as much potential as he's got, he's 18 years old, never played a professional game of football before coming to us and asking him to play full season was asking an awful lot. We said that when he signed. We knew he was going to be busy because um, we were always going to be at the wrong end of the table. And it's, yeah, he's he's had a lot to deal with. He's going to make mistakes. He has made mistakes. Um, we're, we're obviously just a, a tool for Manchester City in this aspect to get games under his belt and allow him to come back a better player. 
next season and then the season after, etc. But that doesn't help us. I think if we've got better backup goalkeeper, um, he wouldn't have played the games that he's played at all. Um, and yeah, it's, it's another mistake on Tuesday. He's palmed the ball into the net. We've seen those kinds of mistakes fairly frequently. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's frustrating because I think, like yourself there said, we, we, we can do better than that in the law market. We have done better than that in the law market. Um, 18 for a goalkeeper is very young. Um, and the amount of pressure put on an 18-year-old goalkeeper is probably unfair on him. Um, and it's probably it's going to affect his confidence more than it would a, a more senior pro. And, yeah, it's just unfortunate. But we've not got the best out of that loan deal, have we? Yeah, I feel a little. I feel a little bit harsh because he is so young, and and I've kind of criticised him all season. But at the end of the day, if he's if he's considered old enough by the club to be thrown in there and given that responsibility, then we as fans have can only comment on what we see. And for me, it's just for, for a long time not quite been good enough, if I'm honest. And what you what you touched on there about uh, his loan deal being kind of a tool for Man City, I feel like that's what we are as a club at the minute. We're a, we're a tool for other clubs and. Uh, to improve players and to sell players to. Um, and I look now back at the deals that we did in January and I feel like from the position we were in to try and stay in League One, we've instead signed two players on loan for similar reasons, hopefully to try and improve the team as well, of course. But but mainly, you know, they're, they're there to, to get game minutes. Um, and the two signings we've made on permanent deals are young players that we're looking to develop and sell on for a fee rather than to come in and improve the team and try and stay up. And I know that those players cost money, but, you know, if you've got money to spend on players, then you, I feel like you need to, to spend it on players that are going to improve the team. Um, and I'm not sure that we're doing that at the minute. And that, that's really, and this must be frustrating for other fans as well. I know I feel the frustration because I, I'm starting to wonder, you know, are we just a glorified sort of B team for for bigger clubs to 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 get some minutes behind loan players and to develop players for them to sign at a later date? I'm not sure that's the kind of club that I want to support. And I know again, it's a case of trying to find a way to for the club to to survive and, and develop and, and make money. But we, we managed to do that without doing this in the past. You can have players like that um, and still have a competitive team, in my opinion. Maybe, maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm asking too much there. Um, Luke, the, the, the defeats in the last few games have seen us slip to the bottom of the table now. We've managed to keep our heads above water for quite some time on that front. But do you now look back and think we were maybe achieving above our expectations at that point and we're now where we should be? Or, or do you think we could be doing better than this? Uh, tough question, mate, that. Um... I don't believe we're done. Um, I think momentum, the downward momentum is kind of really powerful as far as you know, where it feels like we're heading. Um, but we're five points adrift. And um, to be honest with you, I personally thought it was too late when we sat to Keyfield, um, you know, and BBM took over. And um, you know, we, 
we comfortably stayed up in the end. You know, so things can change uh, very quickly in football. The only thing is really the indicators of change are quite there for us. Um, it doesn't look like we're going to turn that corner and go on a run of results. Uh, we've struggled to do that all season in fairness. Um, so, you know, for whatever reason that might be. Um, I think you make some absolutely cracking points there, Dean, um, with what you just said. And um, going back to when we did stay up, you know, we brought in the likes of Ebanks, Landell and Monaghan. Um, and that is your experienced, um, that, well, that's your experience and that's your quality and that's your ready-to-go player in comparison to the recruitment in January. Um, and I kind of, I don't know where I sit with regards to, I, I suppose we don't, maybe we just don't know enough as, as well really around, could we have done that and we actually decided not to and, and, and go for that kind of untried and untested loans and, um, you know, the younger players for the future did we make that choice or, you know, was our hand forced with regards to trying to maximise what we could get from our budget whilst always having that kind of end game of um, still being financially stable come the end of the season, going into next season, you know, and all that. And um, even after the forum yesterday, I don't think anyone knows that apart from the board of directors and the people in the football club. Um, I don't think we truly know that. Um, we can just kind of gauge it from... The players that we bring in, the players that we let go, and um, you know the um, the communication from the football club, um, and kind of have our own opinions on it. Um, you know, I think it would have been in in hindsight if we had the opportunity to do to strengthen the team with a bit more experience and a bit more ready-made players in January. That's the route that I would have liked us to have gone down. I'm just not so sure whether we had that choice because I still reckon the outlay for the players that we brought in. The club made it, you know, spun it as a positive um, at the forum last night. It kind of is and it kind of isn't if we've not actually kind of invested that much in these players. Um, you know, so um, it's a tricky one. But with regards to kind of whether I feel as though we're down and out, um, I did feel that way on Tuesday. I felt that way last night a little bit as well. But um, talking now... I don't, I don't feel so over down and out because, you know, football's a weird old game and, um, you know, we can, with a bit of momentum in the opposite direction, um, of course, we, we're still in it. We're, we're five points adrift, you know. We, we haven't finished the season. Um, you know, we're, we're bottom of the league and we don't look like we are going to do that. But I think it would also be naive to think that, you know, we absolutely have no chance whatsoever of staying up or, um, you know, turning it around. Um, it's wishful thinking and don't get me wrong I think if you were to put money on it um, you put money on us going down for you know but um, we're definitely not down and out and um, kind of read a lot on Facebook and stuff like that around kind of the attitude amongst a lot of the fans at the minute and um, I'd also got that if we were in the stadium that we would still be getting behind the team um, regardless of what's going on with the football club um, because you know we Regardless of the direction and what have you, we're always going to be here. Regardless, you know, of anything like that, we're, we're, we're fans of the club and we will be for, for life. Um, so the way I see it is you might as well back it um, whilst you can. And yes, uh, your frustrations, um, but, um, you know, still support your football club at the same time. Yeah, I think um, what we're saying in response to that as well, though, is I can understand 
people becoming frustrated to a point where they feel like they don't want to, to spend the money and, and take the time to do that anymore. Um, just because, again, it comes back to that, that principle of, of why bother supporting a team that isn't trying to win games. And it's not that we obviously within a game we're trying to win it. It's just that that isn't like that isn't the main aim of the club at the minute. And I find that really hard to to square off in my mind because I'm thinking, why am I paying? It's not, and it's not, it's not an insignificant amount of money that we're spending even this season for the iFollow passes to, to watch what's basically a team that's developing players rather than trying to win games or over trying to win games. And I also think, and I, I feel like I'm kind of repeating myself a little bit from what the article that I wrote on the website the other day, but I also think there's a little bit of um, revisionism in terms of this being our overall plan for a while because we've got a lot of old players in our squad. We've got a lot of players that we will not sell for profit. Players like Jimmy Ryan, Jimmy Keohane, Jim McNulty, Paul McShane. We've got six players over the age of 30. So if we're trying to build a squad that's based on selling players for profit or developing players, where are they? There's not many of them. And maybe, okay, now we've gone for them in January with Shaughnessy and Grant, but that's quite a short, that's one transfer window, I think, where we've tried to do that. Yeah, good point. Um, I think those players can only develop and grow and sell on when they've got the right players around them, like the McShanes and what have you. Um, But the McShanes haven't been around all season. We haven't been able to get the McShanes and the Jimmy Ryans um, involved to set the pressure off the likes of Barr and what have you, um, to allow them to progress. Uh, Which is why we said it last week, Barr was playing as a wing-back almost against Hull, uh, against, you know, whoever it were, and against Burton and whatnot. And, you know, is, is, does that play a part? It goes back to the injuries, and I know that's kind of voiced as, a, as an excuse at times as well. Um, but some of those seasoned pros that we speak about, we haven't been able to get on the pitch to then help the younger players, um, you know, develop and, and grow and play with a bit less pressure. Um, so much pressure on Aaron Morley at 21. So much pressure. And in part, I do, I would acknowledge that in part, that's been kind of. Um, BBM's fault to a certain extent with regards to the manner in which he asked Mauler to play. It's so pivotal to the way we play it. And when that doesn't work, the go-to person to blame is, is Aaron Mauler as an example. But Aaron Mauler at 21, he's playing with too much pressure, I think, and too much responsibility. And is that because we haven't had the likes of, you know, the, the Jimmy Ryans and what have you around him uh, as much as what we were expecting this season? Yeah, but it possibly is. I think, again, though, I think too much is being placed on the experience as well because I, I, it was something that I put on the forum the other day. Lincoln, who for me have been one of the best teams we've played this season, we played them on Saturday. Uh, they've got one player in the squad, I think, over the age of 30. Uh, Peterborough have got one player in the squad over the age of 30. So if these teams that are flying high at the top of the table, and I know that the younger players they have have got more quality because they've got more money that they can invest, but oh, it just shows that you don't necessarily need to have, you know, a load of older players in your squad. So we're, we, we, we have more older players in our squad, even though we're trying to develop young players to sell off. And we're, and we're sacrificing results as a result of that. So what are we doing? <laughs> we're, not, we, we, we're not getting results and we're not even developing players as well as the other teams around us. That, that's the way I see it anyway, because, I'm, again, I'm looking at the squad and thinking, I don't see many players there that will go on and play at a higher level at this stage. We have in the past and I'm sure there'll be players that will come through. I'm sure the likes of Briley and Grant will really impress us and 
But at the minute, I'm seeing Quadro Barry, we can't get any money for anyway, probably because his contract's up. I will get a compensation fee. And possibly Morley, but I'm not convinced based on this season's performances that he will garner a huge transfer fee. So I just don't know where we are at the minute. We're developing players, but I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing uh, the evidence of that. Um, Jeff, I'll come to you because I, I feel like me and Luke have been chatting to each other for 10 minutes there. But um, touched on it there, we've fallen into the relegation zone now. Um, where do you stand on our chances of staying up at this point? If you had to put, say, a percentage on it, so how much how much of a chance would you give us of staying up? And what needs to change for that to come to fruition? Can I go into minus figures? <laughs> <laughs> um, I know Luke said that, that it's naive to think that we've got zero chance, and it, it probably is because a lot of strange things have happened in football. Um, but I'm also, and I, I say this all the time, I'm also long enough in the tooth to and I've been watching football long enough to be able to think I can predict what's going to happen. The fact is we need to go on what is effectively promotion form to stay up. And we've not had that at all this season. We've not had it last season. What makes us think we're going to have it from now until the end of the season with the players that we've got? Um, so, and Luke said if he was a betting man, He'd back us to go down. I wouldn't because we're one to twenty to go down. <laughs> um, so that tells you everything that you need to know. About. <laughs> um, for me, we've got Bob Hope and no hope of staying up, and we are finally at the position, unfortunately, that I predicted we would be before a ball was kicked. Um, and it's it's one of them. We all expected it, but. Now that it's here, we've seen glimpses in the season that suggest that we may not necessarily have to be if better decisions were made. It's it's, it's very frustrating. It's I think it, I think it's hit home with a lot of people now that we've gone in. Now that we've hit the bottom of the league, um, I, I don't see us. I don't see us moving from that. If I'm honest, I don't. I genuinely can't see where we pick up points. I don't see us picking up points on Saturday. I don't. We may get a point. We might sneak sneak another win at some point. I, if you had to ask me now who, who we're going to beat, I'm not sure I can tell you one team that we're going to beat. Um, and it's an it's a negative outlook, which and let's face it, I've, I've never been known for being um, a, a positive person when it comes to Rochdale. But I do call it as I see it, and I just don't see it. Um, the league table does not lie. We're, we're, the, we're the worst team in the league presently. And it's going to take a huge change in fortunes to, to stop that in the next 13 games. We've got, thir- we've got 13 games, and we've got to play like a top six side to have a chance of staying up and rely on other teams. Um, to, to slip down and, and, and stop their runs. Um, it's no coincidence, I don't think, that some of the teams around us have, have had a bit of a bounce having changed manager. Um, and don't get me wrong, I, I appreciate there's, there's probably a, quite a cost involved, especially when you look at Burton and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank going in there. He's not going in there cheap, is he? But it's paid off for them because 
they're outside the relegation zone. They've had what five away wins on the trot or something like that, beating us along the way. Um, everybody around us has, has changed manager, and it's and and, and we 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 haven't had any change in fortune at all. And yeah, I I, I, I think you stick a fork in us. I think we're done. Yeah, um, I'm struggling to disagree with that personally. Uh, I think one of the reasons why people were so not adamant, but were were quite vocal that that they felt BBM should be moved on at this point was that um, taking a risk and trying to change something is better than than the inevitable, which relegation looks like at the minute. But part of that was also down to the fact that we all thought his contract was up anyway uh, at the end of the summer, and obviously at the fans forum. Uh, last night we're recording this on Thursday the day after we found out that that isn't the case didn't we Luke it was um, an interesting night it's fair to say but for me the main takeaway was uh, the fact that Brian Barry Murphy has had his contract extended when we don't know Uh, we don't know if the directors themselves know either Um, just really really poor communication wasn't it from the club for, for us to find out in this way about BBM's contract extension particularly given uh, the form that we're in at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we the, there was a lot of talk about how professional uh, the football club is these days with um, the recruits and how and how the clubs progressed from you know twenty years ago and, and things like that. Um, but for something so kind of fundamental with regards to communication to the fans, and you know, um, I don't think there's any excuse for that. Um, and you know, sometimes miscommunication. Or lack of communication. Um, sometimes lack of communication is worse than actually communicating bad news, for example. I'm not saying it was necessarily, necessarily bad news, but um, it's just... I was just bemused watching it because even Graham, you know, Graham Robinson didn't have... You know, wasn't, he didn't come across clear with, with what he thought. And why, why didn't... Why wasn't it made public? Why didn't the fans know... You know what? What is the reason for that? Um, and then that asks, that makes everyone else ask a whole lot of other questions and question a whole lot of other stuff going on. Um, and that's what a lack of communication can do in in any business. Um, but again, you know, amongst the fans, there's a there's a criticism of the club that the the, the club doesn't care about them and, and things like that, and it's aided by. Things as things like this, you know, if, if the manager signs a contract extension, um, the fans need to know about that straight away. Really, it's it's quite it's kind of obvious to me, and I don't think COVID is an excuse. I don't even think that people working flat out is an excuse or something like that because it wasn't just something that slipped through the net. It can't be. It's it's a big deal, um, you know. And second, the second part of that is, you know, I've, I've kind of made the feel in my mind that I will kind of, you know, back BBM now that he's here. You know, as long as he's here, I'll, I'll, I'll back him in many ways. Um, I don't see don't see the players giving up. I don't see the lack of desire to play for him. I didn't see that against Shrewsbury. It was just, it's just kind of quality at the minute. Um, which, again, I know that, that falls with the manager, but, um, yeah, I... I just didn't know what to think with, with all that work that went on uh, last night. It was um, it was a bit embarrassing and it was unprofessional. Yeah, I think just to make a, a little point there, 
on the on the injuries and, and things like that and the lack of quality. I do have to wonder like what the players who are playing in place of the injured players think when they hear the manager and the and the board Chris like say that how big the injuries are, how much of a thing that is. Like what do those players who are actually playing how does that affect their confidence if that makes sense? If they're thinking, well, the, the, the club clearly don't think that I'm a good enough replacement for the players that are injured. But that's just a, a little side note anyway. Um, Chaff, what was your what was your reaction to that BBM news in particular? Because obviously in all our WhatsApp groups and on Twitter and Facebook, it, everything kind of felt um, just totally, like Luke said there, totally embarrassing about the way that it was handled. Yeah, I asked, the, I asked that question. My, it wasn't my question that got read out, but obviously a few people had asked it, um, and myself being one of them. Um, and I worded mine a little bit differently. And the way it was read out gave the club an opportunity not to say as much as they would have done if mine had been read out, if that makes sense. Because I worded it saying that the official site said that he'd signed a a two-year deal that was that was up this year. Where do where do we stand on it? Um, and because that first bit wasn't asked or wasn't mentioned, it just gave the the opportunity to the to Graham Rawlinson to say, "Well, he contracted till 2021." And then Brian corrected him, and when he corrected him and said 2022, I nearly dropped my tea. Um, there was nearly spag ball all over me living room floor <laughs> I genuinely could not believe what I'd heard but well that's that's probably not even true because part of me could believe it because I'd heard rumours the day before and the, the, the day of the forum that, that that might be the case that he'd already been given a deal which is why I asked the question in fairness but I thought he can't, he, he can't have done and not told us they can't possibly have done and they did. And now it just throws in so many questions. What what else is there that, that's not been relayed to the fans? Um, now that he is contracted, does it change things drastically? Because um, he's got an extra year now on top of what we thought he had. When Keyfield was sacked, he had Chris Beach with him. He was also sacked. They were on longer contracts. They had more than a year left on their contracts. And they were probably on double what BBM and Lee Riley were on. So it's not stopping any decision being made, surely, um, to to that extent that now that he's got another year that he's, he can't possibly be sacked regardless of what happens this season. But to find out that way was so unprofessional but Graham Rawlinson to come out with a different answer to BBM was embarrassing um, and I kept thinking that numerous times during the forum if this was buried we'd be laughing our cocks off and that is as damning a, a, a sentence as I can come up with um, for, for that scenario but it's so disappointing to, to hear that it had been said, that it, it had been done without our knowledge. I don't believe it's a, a miscommunication error. I think it's a deliberate keeping it from us. Um, I, it, it, a lot of that's going to depend on when it was done. 
if it's in the last few weeks, what has sparked them into doing that? If it's before Christmas, I think if you'd have just announced it, people would have got over it quicker. There'd have been people who were disappointed, but there'd have been a lot that just said, right, this is what this is what's happening. We'll put more back in. But to do it now when we've hit the bottom of the league just seems ridiculous to me. I was I was lost for words. I think I, I actually disagree. I think it does change the scenario at the minute in terms of whether we would remove him from the position because I think there hasn't been a stage of the season where we've been safe from the bottom four. So I think whatever the contracts and negotiations have been, I think it's been made clear that even if we get relegated, Brian is still the man for the job. Otherwise, why give him that year? So I think he's been given the year based on things other than performances on the pitch. Or not not regardless of performances on the pitch, but without them placing too much importance on, on those results. Because I don't think he'd have ever got that, that contract if so. Um, so I, I now wonder whether we've backed ourselves into a corner by saying it doesn't really matter about the results as much as other things. Uh, and now the results have took a turn even worse. So it's kind of like, well, we've already sort of set our stall out in the EE stays regardless. So I do think it changes it in terms of the perception of the club and what and the job that he's doing in the eyes of the club, if that makes sense, which makes me think that he's, he's just not going to be removed, even if we lose the rest of the rest of the games this season. Luke, Chaff touched on the fact that maybe uh, it was it would have been a, a kind of embarrassing for us and, and we would have been laughing at, at if this had been Berry or a, a rival club and saw a few things on Twitter last night with rival clubs kind of taking the mick out of um, a few moments in the forum that had gone sort of not viral but were being shared around on Twitter, um, particularly with David Bottomley's sort of outbursts, sort of tears regarding Brian Barry Murphy at that moment. Uh, it's been shared quite a lot on social media. Do we think maybe if the pressure is getting into him to that point that maybe it's time for for, for David Bottomley to step away from the club for a little bit, especially given that there has been a lot of criticism and a lot of scrutiny on him in the last few weeks? Do we think maybe it's time for him to you know, take a little bit of a break from the club? Um, I think that reaction was... Um, it could well have been as a result of feeling the heat um, you know, because it was unusual um, to kind of watch that. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's kind of, it, it might well be telltale of um, of him feeling the pressure that he's under because he's under a lot of pressure and scrutiny. The thing that, that goes in bottomless favour for is, is that he, you know, I don't think there's any dispute that he has been a Dale fan for, um, well, I think he kind of reminds all of it quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. A period of time. I don't know because I don't know how pivotal that role is to the football club with regards to the day-to-day running. Because the thing that worries me for the future of the football club as well is the directors, again, as they pointed out, and something that I do like is that they are, um, all predominantly kind of Rochdale fans, um, all predominantly kind of born in and around the area, um, and, and and that does fill me um, with an element of confidence in them, because you would like to think that they do have the football club, at, you know, in, in the hearts, um, and I look at it and I go, well, you know, 
in answer to your question, Dean, you know, is it time? Is it you know, would it be good for a break or a step away? Who do we? Who, who steps up? Who've we got that steps up? And um, same with the board of directors. Without the board of directors, you know, who are the next kind of um, who, are, who are next waiting in line to to join the board of directors? Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, these these are all successful businessmen in their own right to the to an extent where they can afford the um, the, the the shareholding fee to, to to become a director. Um, where are the next lot coming through? You know, where it don't, I don't see it necessarily right now. Uh, maybe it's an organic process and it just will happen because, you know, amongst the fan base of 3,000 hardcore Rockstar fans, you will get successful ones in, in, in the careers who, who want to kind of do that. But um, we're dwindling out, we're done, it's gone. Um, you know, I dare, you know, I really wish Andrew Kelly well. I hope he's, 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 he's well and, um, you know, he makes a a recovery, um, but look at it and go, we, we are dwindling to, to a certain extent from, you know, the amount of directors that we've had in years gone by to now. And in years gone by, we have relied on directors to dip into their own pockets, to, um, you know, pay a tax bill or, or something like that. And um, it does worry me slightly on where the, where's the next lot of uh, money makers to come in and, um, you know, be on the board. I know I'm some, some way off uh, at the minute, so... It's a good question, that Luke. To be fair, where's the where where are the next two where are the next people to come along? Um, you could argue that two of them are American, in Dan Altman and Emery, and we have no idea where they are now. They were invited onto the board on the Friday. By the Sunday, they'd say no chance. It's what what has happened there. Something's evidently happened there for them to turn around and say we'd look to do business in the future, but it's not. Right now, um, and I think that worries me. What what has what stopped them? Um, in answer to the question you've just asked, Luke, there, Dean, about um, the chief executive, the Andrew Kelly situation, in that obviously, as was announced last night, that supporters weren't aware of, um, in that he's he's extremely unwell at the moment, um, and like Luke said, we. I think we'd all like to sort of wish him a speedy recovery um, and sort of wish him the best. But if he's if, if he's unable to do the interim chairman role, does that mean Bottomley's got even more on his plate to do, as well as feeling the, the, the pressure that he evidently is at the moment? And yeah, I think it took everybody by surprise, didn't it, that, that reaction? Um mid-sentence from, from David Bottomley, it's it's difficult because if we've got a, a seemingly broken man there, as well as a, a, a very unwell chairman, and we've got dwindling numbers in the boardroom, where, where, where does that leave us? It's it, it's worrying. I, I, I see it as being very worrying. I thought Tony Potney came across really well um, last night in fairness. Um, Frank to the point, and yeah. But aside from that, I'm yeah, um, I'm, I'm worried. Yeah, I mean, what I'd say is is um, that the loss that we've that we're making and that we've made this year, um, I think, kind of in part has not been as damaging because of the profit that we made the prior year. Um, and I look back, and you know, as a 
you look back at the profit and why why was there such a profit last year? And it was because I think a large proportion of it is accounted for within the cup runs that we went on. Um, and I wonder if that kind of thing um, has um, kind of given BBM um, more time um, because it was BBM that led, led us to them. Yeah, um, I think on that, I think we all kind of knew, didn't we, that the finances of the club weren't going to be in the greatest position after um, after the year that everyone's had. But but Chaff, it was. I think some fans saw the kind of focus on on the the low resources and the constant mention of the injuries to be a little bit of an excuse. Now we we said at the start of the season that we expected to get relegated and we expected it to be a very difficult season. So how much do we say those excuses are valid? How much do we say we think the club are maybe hiding behind them a little bit too much? Or is it kind of just a case of both? They are both valid excuses, but um, it's not an excuse to say that we, we can't be doing you know better both on and off the pitch at the minute. I think that's accurate, to be fair. Um, I think they are valid excuses. Um, on the injury front, it, it is a valid excuse because any team that loses the, the calibre of player that we've lost would struggle. But if you look at... I'm going to pick three individuals out in particular in Paul McShane, Jerry Ryan, and uh, Matt Lund. We've got lucky with Matt Lund because Matt Lund has had injury problems that we, we know about he, since he joined us the first time. And this is the first one he's had since he's come back. And we've got a lot of football out of him um, and, and goals. Jimmy Ryan came to us known to be injury prone. Known full well to be injury prone. He practically had 18 months out at Blackpool. Paul McShane, an ageing defender, still very good, but just won't get minutes on the pitch. And... And then we've left ourselves, both of them, on two-year deals to probably big contracts. So the injuries are, that we're having, they, they should be a surprise to us when it's those players. The likes of Beasley is it, unfortunate, but the fact that we've missed him so much kind of says where we're at. Really. Um, before this season, he's, he's, he's played all his career in non-league. How how can he be such a pivotal player for us at at this stage? We shouldn't be expecting that of him. The lad from Blackburn who's coming on loan and got injured straight away. Can't really legislate for that. But as as unfortunate as they are, they're not to be unexpected. And you've got to plan better for it. You've got to have a, a, a better calibre of player that can come in and do the jobs that, that they may not be able to do. Um we, we know money's tight. Money's always tight at Rochdale. It's never not been tight while I've been watching Rochdale. Yes, it's a lower budget than what we've, we've ever had in League One. And relegation was always on the cards. But there's only so much you can blame on a pandemic. And there's only so much that you can you can hear the, the, the pleading poverty as an, as an excuse. I know, it's a, I know it's a valid one, but other teams have, have, have had it worse than us. We're going to have had to sell practically all of their best players completely change a squad and they're still above us in the league. Um, other teams that are similar size to us, just they've just done it better. Um, and that's what's frustrating for me. 
And one other point that I'm not, I, I can't possibly let go. We've spent £38,000 on hand sanitizer, effectively. It's more than we paid for Matt Lund, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I can't let that. That's, that's staggering to me. I felt like I wanted a fans forum about the hand sanitizer just to see how much of like where it where it gone. <laughs> how do you manage to do that? But yeah, um, that's crazy, isn't it? I think one thing that I wanted to to, to say just in terms of the, the the fans forum as a whole, um, and we'll kind of finish up on this point. We usually have a game, but I think we've gone on a little bit too long with with uh, the fans forum and the, and the matches. But um, I think. F- what what the club were clearly trying to do with the fans forum was to provide context for the situation we find ourselves in, and I think that was even a, a word that was said a few times. And that by by sort of mentioning the injuries, mentioning the finances and things like that, is trying to provide context for the situation we find ourselves in on the pitch. Uh, I think my response to that is that I already knew that I already knew the club were were struggling financially, and I already knew that we had injuries, but I also know that we can do better than this. I know that the players can do better than, than they have been showing recently. And I think as a club, we can perform better than we have been doing on the whole. Um, and I, instead of coming away from that fans forum feeling that it put the, the situation we find ourselves in into context, I actually felt more negative and more worried about the future because of the lack of communication, because of the way that that VBM contract moment was handled, because of some of the other things which we haven't even had time to touch on during this podcast, but some of the talk about the gold bond, for example, just didn't feel right to me. It felt like it was being miscommunicated or it, it, it wasn't being given full context, which is ironic given what the club was saying. Um, so if, I guess my final question to both of you is, how do you feel after that fans forum? Do you feel more positive? Do you feel like you've got more context for the situation we are now in? Or do you feel more worried like myself about the miscommunication and the the seeming disorganisation at the club at the moment. You summed it up well there, Dean. Um, and the idea, like you said, was to provide clarity and uh, it went the other way because um, there, were, you know, there were more things spilt that that raised even more questions. And um, yeah, the things like the lottery and whatnot and full comment around the illegal side of it and, and things like that. It's like, elaborate on that, please, because you know, they got rid of a lot of... Um, loyal agents didn't they to, to do this and um, it's the spinning of things isn't it it's, it's the spinning to, to kind of almost kind of um, so it's almost like an illusion you know you can spin anything can't you and uh, Covid is is that and uh, to a certain extent the injuries and all that lot on the playing side of things is that because it's not all down to that so why we've not succeeded so far this season Um but yeah, I am a little bit more worried just because I was expecting something to be something like that to be um, more professional from the football club. Really, I, I held the football club in 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 a higher regard, and I expected a bit better from them. Yeah, you're going to get the um, you know. I'm not even alluding to things like um, the, the miscommunication when you know people were on mute or what have you. That happens. That's that's the way it is at the minute with all of this stuff. But. It's not that. It's the, you know, it's 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 not announcing the contracts and it's the the obvious spin of information that they did. Um, where I appreciate, you know, all businesses do that for you know for the better. But you know, we are fans. We do care, 
um, and you know we, there will be a lot of people that see through um, certain things that were said last night, and um, even more so than than me, um, and, and, and you know even you guys, you know. So yeah, I feel a little bit more concerned. I feel drained. To be perfectly honest with you, feel I'm confused. I'm certainly worried, and. And if I'm if I'm coming across as being harsh when I, I, I don't like hearing the excuses, then I, fair enough. I, I apologise, but I, I can't help that. It's, I reckon there's a lot of fans that 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 are feeling exactly the same. Um, and yeah, I've come out of last night. Their objective wasn't achieved at all, was it? They're, they've obviously gone into that wanting to, to portray a, a board that's open and honest in just in just hosting the the forum that the, the, that was their aim but it's just not worked out like that for me I, there's more questions than there is answers effectively because we the answers that we did get we knew and then you, you you've got the the negative points and the the, the lack of communication or Keeping things from us will have rubbed every single fan up the wrong way last night, and that's damaging. And I now worry, regardless of whether we stay up or we we go down, I worry about season ticket numbers. Um, I worry that a lot of people have been will have felt cut off. I know there's a lot of loyal supporters that have been supporters for a, a lot longer than I have, um, who. They, they, they're going to struggle to part with their money now and there's a there's a big feeling there's a big feeling of disconnect there's always going to be a feeling of disconnect when you're not at the club like we are as supporters we're, we're unable to go um but I think it was it was quite damaging last night I think a lot of people have come away from that thinking it wasn't them and that it's, it's going to take some doing to repair some of that for some people I think. So I am, yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely quite worried. Yeah, I suppose we're finishing on a pretty bleak note there, but it kind of sums up, it kind of sums up the the situation that we we're in as a club at the moment. Um, I just I guess I, I want to end by adding to what you guys have already said and wishing Andrew Kelly a speedy recovery. Um, I also think maybe we have to give the the club some credit for still going ahead with the fans forum despite that um, because. It would have been, it would have been a reason to cancel. Let's be honest, and perhaps if Andrew Kelly would have been there, we would have had a little bit more clarity with some of the answers. So, um, yeah, just again adding to what you guys said and wishing him a speedy recovery. Uh, we will be back next week to chat through another couple of Dale games. I know I said last week that we've got some former players coming joining us soon as well. That is still happening. Um, hopefully, we'll have one of those for you next week. So keep your eyes peeled for that uh, and hopefully uh, we'll have a slightly more positive podcast to say uh, next week. But I feel like I've said that pretty much every week all season. So <laughs> uh, all that's left for me to say then is uh, thanks for joining me, Luke. Cheers, mate. And cheers as always, chaff. That's all. Thank you very much. Catch you all next time. Up the Dale. Up the Dale.